Hey, this is Dino, and I'm the pastor of Revolution Church. Thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope this message is encouraging to you and will help you to discover God's unchanging love. For more information, visit our website at therevolutionchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Revolution. We're so glad that you are joining us again, that you and I and all of us together get to worship God, to serve Him in the beauty of His goodness, where we're discovering God's unchanging love for us every single day. Thank you so much for joining us, especially if you're new today. We just consider it an honor and a privilege that you worship with us. Man, you could be any place else this morning, but you chose to join us, and we want you to know that it's an honor, and it's a privilege, and that you're not joining us by accident. We just believe that God has something special for you. We really believe that here at Revolution. So God bless you guys. Come on, let it the chat today. Come on, send a message out to somebody that you're on here. Share what you experience here today. It's a big deal to help encourage other people as part of this community as well. We start a new series today. And, uh, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about this, this, this message series a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago, actually. And it was, the, it was a scripture that I read, and I just knew after reading that scripture and after actually teaching a little bit about that scripture, the Lord really put on my heart to do a series on that scripture. And I just believe it's going to be a blessing today. So I just want you to join your faith with me, and I want you to open your Bibles with me. I want you to read a scripture before we pray. We're going to read what the Word of God says about our life. It's a popular scripture with you and all of us. Uh, especially here at Revolution, all right? John chapter 10 and verse 10. Let's read this together and notice what it says. The thief comes only to steal and kill and to destroy, but I came that they would have life and have it more abundantly. This word abundantly is an amazing word, and we learned about five weeks ago that the word abundant means parisos in the Greek, which means to exceed or to go above and beyond or over and above or more than necessary. And my favorite definition of this word is this, super added. I love it. Super added. That is the name of this series. I want to take the next several weeks to talk about the super added life that God has for you and me. As I started to think about this series, and I started to think about the ways that God super adds our life. I thought about an athlete who just bought a big boat. He just purchased a $60 million yacht. It's beautiful. And, and it's, the yacht in and of itself is amazing. But if you put that yacht next to Jeff Bezos' yacht, which is a $250 million yacht, all right, Jeff Bezos' yacht is super added. Are you following me? The $60 million yacht is awesome in and of itself. But next to Jeff Bezos' yacht, it's super added. Are you following me? And all of us, all of us have seen that house on the lake, that beautiful house on the lake that was a substantial home and it was beautiful and it was gorgeous. But right next to it, was another house where somebody decided to tear down a house, maybe add another lot and build a massive house next to it. What was that house? That house was super added. 
And this is just a picture that I believe God wants to do in our life. Your life is amazing. My life is amazing. But when we can understand what God wants to do with our life through the Word of God and through the Holy Spirit operating in our life, He wants to super add to your life. He wants to super add to your marriage, to your parenting, to your business, your personal finances. I believe we are in a time where God wants to super add to our life. So I'm going to ask you to fasten your seatbelts. Join me in this series. Open your heart with me to the Word of God and to the principles that we're going to learn. I just believe God is going to do some amazing and even miraculous things in this series. All right, so let's pray. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to speak through us and to help us learn what he wants us to learn today in Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you for the privilege that we have to share the word of God, the privilege and the honor. Holy Spirit, I just humble myself before you. Speak through me. Let the hearer receive what they need. Lord, may today's message not just be another message, but may it carry, Lord God, miraculous power delivering power, super added power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Well, God bless you guys. Listen, God wants to do amazing things in our life. When we start talking about super added or above and beyond, we have to read a second scripture that I've talked about before that I want to dive into just a little bit more. All right. And so with your Bibles, I want you to open to Romans chapter 5, and we're going to read one verse, and, and we're going to see a connection here of the super added life that God has for us. All right, so Romans 5.20 says this. It says that where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Come on, somebody needs to say that in the chat. Grace abounds much more more. What does this mean? Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. All right. So the first thing I want you to see is in this scripture, when it says grace abounds, all right, this word abounds is the word hyperperusis, which means super added on steroids. So if something's already super added, you super add some more. All right. That's what this says. And it's so interesting that connection of the word sin, grace, and super added in this scripture. Very, very interesting. Because it's telling us that where sin abounds, where sin is in your life, where there's destruction in your life, a destructive habit maybe, or some, some something that you do, or maybe something that you may be involved in that is destroying you or holding you back or, or not enabling you to be your best. All right, this tells us right here, grace. What's grace? You know, as part of this community, grace is defined as God doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. All right. Grace is defined as when you are weak, he is the one who is strong. It is defined that when you are at your lowest moment, he still loves you. He still wants to carry you. When you think it's you holding on to God, when you think it's you holding on to your life, you have to understand grace is really God holding on to you and understand he is the one that's carrying you 
through everything and anything that you may be going through. You might feel alone. You might even feel that you're dealing with shame or guilt on something. But I'm telling you right now, grace is God doing for you. God being with you when you cannot do things for yourself. Oh, man, I'm telling you, when I went through that season of COVID-19, all I could think about was grace and God doing for me what I could not do for myself because I was flat on my back. All I could do was just depend on the goodness of God to get me through that season. And he did. And it is amazing. Grace, God doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. And when you understand this principle, it takes you to this place where God wants to super, super add his life into your life. He wants to inject his life into your life. And notice what it says here, where sin abounds, the connection here. Why is this so important? Where, where, where that destructive habit, that destructive behavior exists, grace super abounds or super added. The connection here, let's find out about this connection because there's something here that I think we're going to learn because I think today we're going to understand that that sin that you think you may be in or that bad behavior or that destructive thing, that destructive habit that you think you keep struggling with, I'm telling you, super added is here to help you overcome it. I think about the prostitute Rahab in the Old Testament. This is such a beautiful example of sin and grace super adding somebody out of their sin. Here's this prostitute all of her life she was wayward, raised in this profession, all right, in a pagan society, all right, but something was stirring inside of her, practicing this, this, this type of work, enlisting other people to do the same kind of work. She had, you know, they would, we would probably call it a modern day uh, a hostile there, and where people were, would come there to, you know, rent women, okay? And so it was a reputation that this woman had. And so because of her obedience, listen, because of her obedience to help the Israelites that were in that city hide from people, okay, because of that simple obedience, all right, her life was spared. When the whole city of Jericho was destroyed, which was the city that she lived in, her life was spared. She was saved. Now, if that's not good in, in, in and of itself, but she was not only saved, but her whole family was saved. And the whole family went into the Israelite camp, listen, was literally embraced by the Israelite camp, embraced by Israelite families, all right, just listen, and falls in love. Listen to this, falls in love with Israelite nobility or people in the noble class or the ruling class, all right? Somebody in that class finds Rahab and says, I'm in love with you, let's get married. Think about this, a prostitute living a life that was seemingly a life of destruction, saved, embraced into the kingdom of Israel, Come on, marrying up, like that sky up. Come on, somebody. All right. And listen, this is the most beautiful part about this whole story. Okay. When you study 
The lineage of Jesus. That's why the lineage in the Bible is so important and you have to study it. Because when you see where in, in, the, in the New Testament, it shows you where Jesus was here and this person was born and this person was born. The bloodline of Jesus, listen, goes right through Rahab in this relationship. Her obedience was so amazing. Her salvation was so amazing. Her life became so super added because of what Jesus did for her. And when you stop and think about what Jesus wants to do for us, he saved us too. For those of you who are believers, and if you're not a believer today and you're watching my heart, my heart prayer for you is that you get a hold of this. But he saves you just like God saved Rahab from destruction. When you put your faith in Christ, when you start serving the Lord Jesus, you are saved from destruction. And then not only are you saved from destruction, but you come into the family of God like she went into the family of God and you begin to learn who Jesus is. You begin to learn about the goodness of God. You begin to learn about the super added life that God has for you and destiny and purpose becomes a part of your life. And you begin to understand what the scripture says in Jeremiah 29, that God has a supernatural plan for your life. One that you don't have to settle for second best. One that you can find out for yourself what God's perfect plan is for your life. A life of purpose and destiny. That is the super added life. Rahab is such a type and a shadow of what you and I can become in Christ Jesus. Man, I hope you stay with me. I hope you get a hold of this. What is the connection here? Coming out of sin and into this super added life. I want you to see how God did it. I want you to see for yourself how God treats sin, how he deals with sin. And just maybe today, maybe today, we're going to find out some things about that destructive behavior or that habit that's been holding us down that maybe you have more power over it than you realize because you already have the super added life. Come on, somebody. All right, come on. Go to Hebrews chapter 9 and let's look at this. Let's start reading at verse 11. And I want you to see this in the Word of God for yourself. Because if you have your Bible or reading device there, come on, I want you to see this. Because I, I feel like the more you see the Scriptures and the more you read them for yourself, faith comes into your heart. Religious thinking will leave your mind. Spirit food will come into you and help you understand the super added life that God has for us. Right. So look what this says here. Hebrews chapter 9. Verses, verse 11, we'll read through 14. It says, so Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered the greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. Now, the Bible writer here is making a comparison, all right, to the earthly tabernacle that existed in the Old Testament because that's where God would come, and that's where he would visit the Israelites, and they would do sacrifices at this tabernacle. And then from the tabernacle, it turned actually into a temple, okay, and there in Jerusalem. But this scripture says here that Christ has become a perfect tabernacle, and he entered 
a more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands. It is not part of this created world. So Christ went into the tabernacle or to the temple of heaven. Watch this. In verse 12, with his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, because it was the blood of goats and calves in the Old Testament that was used for Old Testament sacrifices. But right here, it says, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. With his own blood. Listen, he entered the most holy place. And I want you to see this part right here. He entered once and for all time and secured our eternal redemption. He did this once and for all. Why is this so important? Because in the Old Testament, they had to make sacrifices every year or they had to make sacrifices when they felt like they needed to get sin out of their life. Or we, we learned a lot about that last week. But here we see he enters the most holy place once and for all, giving you and I an eternal redemption. This is the beginning of the super added life. Look, verse 13, under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer would cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. This is the outward, and this is a temporary cleansing. But just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. You got to know this beyond a shadow of doubt when it comes to living the super added life that Christ died for our sins once and for all. Once and for all. You have to get a hold of this because that stupid junk that we all get into Come on, that dumb habit or that you lose your temper or you get into a spirited conversation with somebody. Maybe you say a, a couple of colorful words, right? Or, or maybe a hand gesture or two or something. I'm telling you, Christ died for that too. Christ died for that pornographic habit. Christ died for that drug habit. Christ died for that anxiety. Christ died for every situation that you may be facing right now. It was already paid for. This is amazing. That's why last week I said, when the Son of Man comes to the earth, he's coming to the earth again, will, it doesn't say, will he see sin or find sin? No, it says, will he find faith? Because right here, this scripture tells us that sin has been dealt with. When God sees you, he sees you perfect. Not because you are perfect, but because his son is perfect. And he sees you through his son. He sees his blood, the son's blood, covering you. You've got to see this. It's not, that, it's not that you might not get involved in a bad situation or a sinful situation. That happens. Come on, we all know it happens to believers and non-believers. But a believer in Jesus, you have to know that when God sees you, he is not holding things against you. He isn't. Quite the contrary. He's empowering us with the super added life to break that thing. Because we know sin is destructive. We know it ends our life early. We know it holds us back. We know it's detrimental. But I'm telling you right now, 
when you understand the super added life that Jesus has for you, that is the power, the power to break whatever is holding you back. All right, so I want to focus in right here because as I started to study this, you know, I've, I say this all the time. This is the power to get free. This is the power to get free. But the scripture says, I want to read that scripture in verse 14. All right, it says this again, just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify your conscience from sinful deeds. The blood of Christ purifies our conscience from sinful deeds. This is very critical. And if you hear what I'm about to say, and I never taught on this before, so I'm just believing the Holy Spirit's going to give me utterance. But I just believe there's something very special right here that God wants us to get because we have to have an answer for our conscience. Because our conscience is the thing that will drive the level of the super added life that we begin to walk in. Our conscience is that inner feeling or voice that, 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 that is viewed as act, it's an acting as a guide to the rightness or the wrongness of our life choices. It happens in our conscience. Have you ever said this? Man, my conscience is bothering me about something. Or have you ever said, oh, my conscience is clean, right? Our conscience. What is the conscience today? And the best way for me to describe what our conscience is, all right, is where it's that place where we all do that self-talk. That self-talk. You know what I'm talking about. Like the, the, the conversations that you have in your head when you have to face a difficult situation. Maybe you have to have a conversation with a difficult person. And you're thinking about all the things you have to say and you rehearse that conversation. And then you, you practice in your thoughts that self-talk. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You've practiced, you thought you were going to say this and if they respond this way, then I'm going to say this. And, and then if they say this, then, then I'm going to do this. Right? We've all had this self-talk. The time when I went to the grocery store, when my wife asked me to pick up some refried beans, and I'm standing right in the exact place, because if you know Jeannie, she's going to give you the exact place where it's at. It's in that aisle. It's right there next to the pasta. And on the other side of the pasta is the dressings. Okay, it's going to be right there. I mean, who, who knows that stuff? That's crazy, first of all. So I'm, to be a blessing to her, I'll go get the refried beans. And I'm standing in front of the refried beans. I cannot find the refried beans. And I'm going through all my self-talk. And I'm saying to myself, I can't call her. There's no way I want to call her. If I call her, I'm going to have to admit defeat. Okay, then I'm going to have to hear, oh, this right there. Oh, there you go with the man eyes again. Okay, no, I'm, I'm going to find this. I'm just, and, and we're self-talking. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I had a confrontation with a snake in my backyard. And that snake, that snake must have been, and this is not a joke. It was probably this big. This when it was all stretched out. I've never seen, uh, this is the second snake I've seen on my property, okay? The first one I saw was bigger than this, so this one was big enough. And so I'm self-talking. <laughs> I am self-talking to myself while I'm looking at this snake. I can see it through the window, and, and, I'm saying, and I'm talking to myself, and I'm saying, man, it's like after 4 o'clock. I wonder if the pest guy can get here to take care of the snake. I'm, and I'm talking myself through this. I'm thinking, no, you need to be a man. You need to get out there. You need to just grab a shovel and a broom and get that thing off your property. And then I'm thinking, wait a minute. 
man, I hate snakes. If there's something I hate, I hate snakes. Come on, All, any snake haters out there? I know Jez is a snake hater, okay? We hate snakes, and so nobody else in the house was gonna volunteer to do this. I even had this crazy thought. I thought, I just wonder if Jeannie could go out there. That's when I really realized that that self-talk is not good talk. And then I'm out there facing the snake. All right, so I'm trying to shoot it, I'm trying to save its life and, and push it out the door, out of our screen area, and push it out, and it won't go out. And the snake, it decides to turn on me. Yes, and all of a sudden, it starts lunging at me. <laughs> now this self-talk is going crazy in my head right now. So, so with one broomstick, I'm t now I'm talking to the snake in my thoughts, and I'm just like, you, there's no way you're getting off my property. You're getting off my property, and you, you stay right there. And I'm staring at it, staring at me, and I whacked it over the head. With the, and, I, and I had this thought. I said, I don't want to kill you. I'm trying to get you out the door so you can go live. But he wouldn't listen. It just kept lunging at me. So I killed it. But we all go through these self-talk moments. And here's why this is so interesting. Listen to this. Researchers estimate that we think about 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot of thoughts. That's a lot of thinking, all right? Now listen to this. And they say 80% of those thoughts are negative. So they're saying all 80% of our self-talk, 80% of the things that go on in our conscience are negative. Isn't this amazing? So here's the deal. How, how does this play into what, what, what I'm trying to say here today? Because if your negative self-talk is telling you you don't deserve God's best, even though I'm telling you God's best has been paid for for you, then you won't walk in to the super added life. If we spend all of our time telling ourselves that we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we're not talented enough, we're not skinny enough, we're not good looking enough, we don't have the right personality, we haven't been born into the right family. If we spend all of our life thinking on that, it robs us from what Jesus really did for us. Come on, you have to get a hold of this. And what happens is we tell ourselves in that self-talk that we really don't deserve the things that we want. We really don't deserve the goodness of God operating on us. We really don't deserve that marriage. We really don't deserve that business. We really don't deserve that breakthrough because of something that we did in our past. And all that negative self-talk starts. And then it, it turns into catastrophic predicting. Have you ever done that? As an accountant, I was trained as an accountant and I was always trained to think of the worst case scenario. Every time I look at something, think of the worst case scenario. I was trained to think catastrophically in my head, right? And so, so, so that, and that negative self-talk robs us. It literally robs the life that God has for us. It leads to guilt tripping. When we allow our failures or bad experiences to define who we are. Man, this, that is just so wrong. Your conscience. 
if you don't understand how this works, it can literally define the life that you live. You may have the super added Holy Spirit living inside of you as a believer in Jesus, but because of what we may allow in our conscience, it can literally rob us of the life that he has for us. He has a super added life for you. He has a super added life for your marriage, your children, your business, your ministry, whatever. If it matters to you, it matters to God. He has a super added life. But if we're sabotaging ourselves because we don't know how to deal with this conscience issue, right? It robs us from the life that God has for us. So what's the answer? What is the answer here? The world will tell you discipline is the answer. You have to discipline your thoughts. You have to discipline yourself. You need more discipline in your life. All right? Nothing wrong with discipline. But this is all about just discipline, discipline, discipline. Every one of us knows discipline comes to an end after a while. And discipline leads to a binge. Right? We've all experienced it. More discipline. You just need to work harder. You just need to work more for God. You just need to make a deal with God. Have you ever made a deal with God? Oh God, get me out of this mess and I will do this for the rest of my life. Oh God, get me out of the situation and I'll get up for early morning prayer for the rest of my life. You make these deals with God. Come on. That's what a conscience that's all messed up will do makes deals with God. It says, I just got to work harder. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to serve in a children's ministry or I'm going to go to church for the rest of my life. I'm going to really just give everything else because I got to earn my way to the super added life. That's not the will of God. That's not what that scripture said that we read earlier. God has an answer. The answer is not working hard. The answer is not more discipline. The answer is not making deals with God. I'm going to tell you right where that answer is. Let's read this again. In Hebrews 9, 14, look what it says. Listen to this. The blood of Christ, who had no defect, does even more. Through the eternal spirit, he offered himself to God and cleansed our consciences from the useless things we had done. Now we can serve the living God. I want you to see this because when you receive Christ, when you are born again, when his spirit comes inside of you, just hear me on this. And you got to hear this by faith. Your conscience is eternally cleaned at that point. At that point, when you receive Christ, this is telling us right here that he cleanses your conscience from the useless things that we have done. He cleanses your conscience from sin. He cleanses your conscience from destructive behavior. He cleanses your conscience from the things that are hurting us. Come on. Why? So we can serve the living God. In God's mind, you've got to get a hold of this, you guys. God sees your conscience clean. In the middle of all that negative self-talk, in the middle of all that stuff that we allow in our mind and our conscience, God says, 
If you are Christian, if you're in Christ Jesus, your mind is clean. Your conscience is clean, not because of anything that you do, but because of everything that Christ did. You got to get a hold of this. And when you get a hold of the fact that your conscience is really clean and that God isn't holding things against you, it's the beginning of stepping into the super added life that God has for you. Look what it says here in Romans chapter 4 and verses 6 through 8. I want you to see this, all right? Get a hold of this. Now, I'm getting ready to, 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 to wrap up here, okay? And I, and I really want you to get this principle right here. Romans chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, it says this. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteous apart from works. Now, this is important to get. Who's saying this? David in the Old Testament is saying this. He's a king, but he's also a prophet. And in, as a prophet, from his position in the Old Testament, listen, where he had to go make sacrifices for sin, where he had to live in a system that when you do good, you get good. If you do bad, you get bad. And if you, if you make a mistake or if you sin or if you get involved in something that's hurtful or destructive, you better go to the temple. You better go make a sacrifice. You better go make it right with God. See, that's where we get that whole thing. You better get back to church. You got to make it right with God. No, friends, you don't make it right with God by going to the church. You make things right with God by receiving Christ inside of you and saying, Jesus, take over in my life. And even as a Christian, Jesus, take over. Take my conscience over. I'm getting ahead of myself. But David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteous. That you are right with God as a believer in Jesus. You are right with God apart from anything that you do or anything that you did. Again, it has nothing to do with you or what you did. It has everything to do what Jesus did. You're right before God. And listen, you'll never be as right before God as you are right now. You can't grow in your rightness with God. You can't. It's a gift. It's free. If you had to work for it, then it wouldn't be a gift. And it wasn't free. But this was free. And David as a prophet, he could see into the future that the day was coming that you and I live in today, that you and I can be right before God, apart from our works, apart from our bad behavior, apart from destructive habits, we can be right before God. This is the power to be free. This is the power to be free, to break any destructive habit in your life. This is the power to receive the super added life. Come on. And notice what he says over here in verse 7. Blessed. He's singing to the future. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Oh my goodness, he's saying. Blessed is the one. Listen to this. Whose sin the Lord will never count against them. He was seeing into the future, this time that we live in today, where he could see the time where Jesus 
wouldn't hold things against us, that you and I would actually have peace with God. You and I can wake up every day knowing that God's not mad at us, knowing that God is really for us, knowing that the super added life is in front of us so much so. He said, you know what I'm gonna do? I know that they're going to have a problem with their conscience. I know there's going to come a day when all that negative self-talk is going to work against them from receiving my promises and the super added life that I have for them. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to clean their conscience when they receive Christ. I'm going to clean it right from the beginning. And I hope that they get into a family of God like you are right now hearing this truth. And you stay within the family of God, you'll understand how clean you really are. And you'll understand how clean God really sees you. He knows we live in this fallen world. He knows there's craziness all around us, which is the reason why he made provision. God made such a provision through the life of Jesus. He didn't want to be separated from you, that he even sacrificed his son, his shed blood once and for all, so that our conscience can be clean and be free of negative self-talk, to be free of insecurity, fear, anxiety, free of comparing ourselves to others, free of what other people think about us, free. Man, we have a generation that is so caught up with what people think about them. Students and young adults and seniors, everyone so caught up. I have to resist it myself and realize I'm clean. God is crazy about you. If you never do another thing, he is crazy about you because of the blood of his son and that you've accepted his son, his beloved son. He loves the son. And if he loves the son, then he loves you. And you have to understand this. You have to understand this. Why is this so important of King David? Listen, I just heard this recently. It's so beautiful because in the scripture, Jesus always referred, or not always, but sometimes he referred to himself as the son of God. He referred to himself as the son of man. And sometimes he referred to him as the son of David. This is so beautiful. And if you know the life of David, King David, he sinned. I mean, gro grossly sinned premeditated adultery and murder as the king of Israel, using his authority, his position, and his power selfishly, wielding that authority for his personal behalf at the expense of other people. Man, it was despicable what he did. But David understood how to run back to God and Jesus refers to King David often as the son. He is the son of David. And this was after he screwed up. Isn't this amazing? After David messes up, Jesus still says, I'm still going to call myself the son of David because I love him. David screwed up, but it didn't bother Jesus. <laughs> 
And I'm telling you right now, your screw-ups aren't bothering Jesus either. I'm just telling you. But you got to surrender them. The answer for our conscience, the answer is to understand your conscience is already clean. And the simple message that I have for you today, you want to live the super added life? You got to deal with this first. The super added life means that I'm going to keep looking unto Jesus. It's that simple. I'm going to keep looking unto Jesus. You know why I'm going to look unto him? Because he made me right in his sight. I'm going to look unto him because Jesus will never, ever remind me of my sin again. Mm -mm. Man reminds you of your sin. Satan reminds you of your sin. But Jesus will never remind you of your sin, ever. That's the reason why we keep looking to him. Jesus is the forgiver. Listen, I heard somebody say this. Jesus will forgive you faster than you'll forgive yourself. That's how awesome he is. Listen, it is so simple. Just keep looking unto Jesus. That's just too simple, Pastor Dino. I'm telling you, it's that simple. You keep looking unto Jesus. Make an effort to look unto him. Make an effort to spend time with him. Make an effort to stay in the word of God. Make an effort to be in a community that be believes this and it will teach this and help you grow. Make an effort to do this. That's how we look unto Jesus. I'll tell you how simple it was in the Old Testament when sickness hit the camp. Sickness hit the entire camp of Israel. People were dying. And this is what God's remedy was to the leader. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to erect a pole. I want you to put this pole up. And then I want you to put a snake from one side to the other of this pole. And all I want people to do is just look at that pole. Look at that snake. How did a snake end up in my sermon again? I don't understand this. Look at that snake. Just look at that pole and you'll be healed. You'll be healed. And that's what happened. All they did was look. They just looked and they were healed. They didn't have to go to the bottom of that pole and beat themselves up. They didn't have to work for something. They didn't have to, to, to lay in a pool of pity and say, oh, you know, I got to beat myself or I got to cry for a week or so and then I might feel okay. None of that. All they had to do was look. Just look. Look unto Jesus and be healed. Look unto him. Find him. Find his word. Find his presence. Now the devil wants you to look at yourself. Man wants you to look at yourself. Because when you look at yourself, you become self-conscious. But God is saying today, look to him. Look to him. Because the more you look to him, the more Christ-conscious you become. The scripture says to do things in remembrance of Jesus. It never said do things in remembrance of you. It never said to do things in remembrance of me. Because the things that I do, they're going to burn up here. But the things that Jesus did are eternal. Look unto him. Look unto him. And as you look unto him, your conscience becomes clean. As you look unto him, not your conscience becomes clean, your con you begin to understand how clean the Lord sees you. And your conscience then will stop fighting with you and stop arguing with you 
about how the super added life is for somebody else and not for you. Your conscience and your reasoning will stop fighting you about the tremendous blessing that God has for you. That what he did for Rahab, why wouldn't he do for you? That what he's done for others, why wouldn't he do for you? Look unto Jesus. It's that simple. And if you're watching today, and you say, Pastor Dino, I, I never knew that if I put my faith in Christ, that he would cleanse me like this. I never knew that. I never knew that my conscience could be clean. Yeah. The first step, though, is putting your faith in Christ. And if your faith is in Christ, then the next step is to understand and to stop being robbed that your conscience is already clean. But today, I want to pray with you. If you're watching today and you say, Pastor Dino, I want my conscience to be clean. I want this cleansing that the Word of God talks about, that you've been talking about. I want Christ to come into my life and to cleanse me. Well, I want to pray with you right now, right where you're at, a simple prayer for you to invite Christ into your life and step in to the beginning of a super added life that he has for you. Let's pray. Bow your head right there and just pray a simple prayer like this. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I invite you into my heart. I want to be saved. I want my conscience cleansed. I want a new start today. I receive you, Jesus. I put my faith in you. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you were raised from the dead my behalf. And today, I receive you as my Savior. And in your name, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hopefully this message was encouraging to you. And if it was, tell a friend. And thank you for your generosity. Your generosity enables us to take the message of God's unchanging love all around the world. For more information on how to give and about the ministry, visit us at therevolutionchurch.com. We'll see you right back here next week.